Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Bethany Dotson. Here's a bit about Bethany. She is a trauma-informed yoga therapist and relationship coach with over a decade of experience helping midlife career women heal from anxiety, C, PTSD, and she also helps them find their power and skyrocket their confidence after divorce or toxic relationships. Communicate better, navigate conflict, and most importantly, co-create healthy relationships. She is a domestic violence survivor and thriver who helps women triumph over trauma, break their cycle of emotionally unavailable partners, and attract the love they deeply desire. And today we're going to learn about the five myths to overcoming narcissistic abuse while creating the life that you love after a toxic relationship. So without further ado, please welcome Bethany Dotson to GEMS Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure, Bethany. So let's jump right into this um, segment because some people are probably like, what's a narcissist and how do I overcome that abuse? So can you start off by telling us your definition of what a narcissist is? So sure. So I want, I first want to preface that by saying that I'm not a, uh, I'm not a trained clinician. I'm not a trained researcher on narcissistic abuse, but I will say that um, my definition of a narcissistic person and keep in mind, it's never really a black or white label. It happens on a spectrum. So some people can have narcissistic traits without being, you know, a malignant psychopathic narcissist, but, um, it's someone who, uh, someone, first of all, who has a deep sense of inadequacy in themselves. They feel, Um, like an empty person on the inside and they have to use other people or relationships specifically um, to help them have a sense of importance. And they will often, they have a deep, deep, deep fear of abandonment or rejection. Um, They're usually hypersensitive to criticism. Uh, They tend to manipulate or gaslight their partners in order to gain a sense of control Um, and, uh, they usually start off very, 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 very strong. Um, the relation like pursuing a partner, uh, the term love bombing is pretty common where they get so infatuated with their, uh, prospect that they, they lay it on sick. They come on really strong. If you've ever, um, suspected that you were with a narcissist, you might have believed, wow, this feels almost too good to be true. Um, so it can be, uh, for the person who is, who has experienced a narcissistic partner, extremely confusing. Um, and it also for many people can become quite addicting, meaning it's very, 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 very challenging to leave that person because, um, sometimes they're really great. And then other times they are really, really abusive and destructive. And so, 
that that intermittent reinforcement can be a challenging pattern for people to just like a drug addiction to leave. So that would be my uh, wordy definition of, of what a narcissist might be. That yeah, helps. absolutely. Yeah, that definitely helps. Um, so a narcissist could be someone that takes their insecurity and projects it onto you and uses that as a way to control and manipulate you into doing what they want while they could be taxing emotionally and physically draining you. Yes. And I also want to point out that um, there are lots of people that don't qualify as being a narcissist that can project their insecurities onto their partners. Um, and, and people who often fall into narcissistic relationships, I mean, it can happen to anyone, but if you suspect that you have a pattern of doing this, it's quite likely that, oh, thank you. It's quite likely that um, you, I don't, I don't hear it. It's quite likely that you, um, uh, also have your own, um, sense of insecurity and control, meaning, uh, people who tend to wind up in unavailable or even narcissistic relationships or the partner who has some kind of issues tend to be codependent and a codependence pathology uh, is they try to get control in a relationship by helping or fixing or caretaking someone. So the two tend like a narcissist and a codependent type of person tend to go hand in hand. And thanks for adding that and just elaborating there. And so Bethany, I want you to start, um, laying the foundation on what are some of those five myths to overcoming narcissistic abuse? Yeah. So, um, the first thing that I find uh, most people want to do is, well, the two biggest things that most people run to is they get into talk therapy um, and they want to talk about all of the crazy, horrible things that their ex did to them or is still doing to them. Um, they want to talk about you know, how bad their childhood was. And I don't want to necessarily knock talk therapy because it can be very, very beneficial but we know in research that when you're in these types of relationships, you're experiencing tra trauma and talking about the past and analyzing the past and trying to gain an understanding and process the past through talking about it actually makes the trauma patterns in your brain worse. Um, so people can stay stuck for many, many years feeling victimized by their ex years or months later, um, and they still don't feel like they've moved on. So um, talk therapy would probably be, even though it can be helpful to have someone other than a friend or family member uh, listening to you, maybe if you've burned your friends and family by talking too much about your toxic ex or your scenario, um, it can keep you stuck and using a trauma-informed method for healing uh, specifically relational or complex trauma is better. So a trauma-informed method would be uh, using something that incorporates both your mind and your body because you become very dysregulated in those types of relationships and 
talking about it tends to keep you dysregulated. <laughs> um, it tends to keep you anxious and in fight or flight and your body becomes habituated to that. That becomes, it's like a little drug addiction. I want to talk about my ex because it gives me a jolt of adrenaline or it gives me uh, a, a sense of, of significance because he was such a, you know, an a-hole and he did all these terrible things. We, we get a sense of pride and significance over being the victim. Um, and ultimately long-term, it's a very uh, disempowering path. So talk therapy would be the, the number one myth I see, even though it can be beneficial in the beginning um, months and years going on and on about that. Not helpful. <laughs> um, the second myth that I notice is that people will want to research, research all about the narcissist, research all about the psychopath, research all about the sociopath, read all the books, watch all the YouTube videos, read the blogs, and then go down a wormhole of constantly, uh, reading and what happens when they read about the narcissist. And before I go into this, I want to say it can be helpful in the beginning, in the beginning. I really want to frame that when you're waking up to the fact that something is not right in my relationship, where do we turn? We go to Google, <laughs> we type in a search bar, right? So it can be really beneficial in the beginning but I do see many, many, many people get stuck in the research mode. And what happens is that just like telling your story again and again and again to anybody who will listen gives you a sense of significance on how bad that a-hole screwed your life up. Reading uh, narcissistic abuse research stuff gives you that sense of, um, yes, I was right. He was wrong or she was wrong. And your identity becomes wrapped up as this person. Yes. Yeah. It becomes, no, it becomes wrapped up in that person where you can't really untangle yourself because you're so busy focusing on that. Yes, exactly. And when you're so busy focusing on what the other person did to you and researching their pathological behavior, you are not self-aware in how you co-created that yourself. And it's, I mean, not that abuse is in any way, shape or form ever, 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 ever your fault. That said, it takes the focus away from your own dysfunctional patterns, your own dysfunctional patterns of people pleasing, of codependency, of minimizing bad behavior, of ignoring red flags, of trying to control somebody by caretaking or fixing them. And the sooner you can turn and look at yourself in the mirror compassionately and begin working with your own dysfunction, then you can start changing. <laughs> so those are the top two myths. And then just briefly, can you talk about the other three? And then we're going to segue into how do you live the life that you love? Because now you got over the hell hole. You got over the crap that was spewed on you. And now you're like, you know what? I need to take 
ownership of myself. I need to pull, pull back the control and I need to be who I was created to be because feeding into this is not helping. Yeah. So um, really, really quickly, the other, the other three that I see people kind of falling into are taking lots and lots of time off dating, um, which is a normal response. They've been wounded so much in love that they need to take many, many years off dating. And they believe that that is the answer to finding themselves and learning to make a better choice in the future. And unfortunately, when you take a lot of time off dating, but you're not effectively healing your trauma or you're not effectively working on your subconscious beliefs, which are a big, big factor in why you attract who you attract. Um, you can take 11 years off dating and the first person you fall for is another narcissist. So it doesn't really matter how much time you take off dating. Um, you have to really be working on your own programming uh, in that time and making healthy choices. So that's the third one. Fourth one would be distraction. So a lot of therapists and relationship experts will tell you stay busy after a breakup or stay busy after your toxic ex and your brain is already wired to be in fight or flight. So what I often find happens is that people, they might not be consumed by their toxic partner, but then they become consumed by their toxic job or by one of their kids who has behavioral issues and their codependency just gets switched from one outlet there to another outlet. <laughs> so they never really change that brain programming. So distraction can be, can be in some scenarios beneficial, but I often find that people hide there and they never allow themselves to fully feel their feelings and heal and release those, those feelings. Um, and then the last and final one, which is probably the most lethal is making the decision that love isn't worth it anymore, that relationships aren't worth it anymore. And unfortunately I talked to many women who have been so burned and jaded and betrayed and hurt in intimate partnership that they make the choice that I will never, I will never open my heart again to a healthy partner or to love or open because they make the decision that it's too hard or that something's wrong with them um, or that it's too exhausting. Love takes too much work. And when you make that choice, that's what you're vibrating at on an, on a subconscious invisible level and what you vibrate, how you vibrate. My one of my coaches says how you vibrate in private is what you attract in public. So if you're, if you're vibrating as, you know, men are a-holes or love sucks. I mean, and eventually maybe you meet somebody, they're going to have more or less the same belief system. <laughs> So it's really not going to be a good, a good match. So that those are the other three. Yeah. And thank you for um, laying the foundation with those five myths, because I wanted to educate people that these are some myths that can help you overcome narcissistic abuse. But then once you overcome it, the healing process begins whenever you start living life on your terms and not allowing your past to depict where your future goes. So let's talk about now that we got out of the hellhole, let's really talk about living the life and loving the life you live. 
Yeah. So um, I think the first, the first step that people have to embrace um, is getting out of their comfort zone after a toxic relationship. And so many people get conditioned to live in chaos and feeling out of control that once they exit that partnership, their life becomes very small. They close themselves off to connection, friendships. They, uh, they don't take chances in their life anymore. They tend to get in a rut, going to work, picking up the kids, going to the gym, coming home, going to work, blah, 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 blah. They might go to happy hour every once in a while and vent to their girlfriends about how online dating sucks. And they get into this um, rut of stagnation and smallness. And you have to learn to step out of your comfort zone. It doesn't mean you go jump out of an airplane, you know, next week, but stepping out of your comfort zone can be as small as, you know, taking a, a different route to work one day or, um, you know, taking yourself, one of the things that I have my clients do that's usually terrifying in the beginning <laughs> is taking themselves on a date and not just like, I'm going to take myself to a date on my couch with Netflix, but I'm going to make a reservation for party one at a really nice restaurant. And I'm going to get all dolled up and I'm going to take myself on a date as if I were going to meet an amazing partner at this restaurant and doing things like that, that are at, and you know, a lot of people who exit these relationships are left with a lot of anxiety, a lot of trust issues, a lot of confidence issues. Their lack of confidence is, you know, really, really prevalent, um, and doing these things, the social anxiety is really high. They do doing these things is going to challenge those belief systems. And so stepping out of your comfort zone is the number one thing. And I do this uh, with my clients in a myriad of different ways. Uh, one of the other, other than taking themselves on a date, I, you know, I have them uh, give them an assignment of 30 days. You have to, for 30 days straight, you have to do one thing every single day that scares you, or that's a little bit out of your comfort zone every single day. It doesn't have to be again, major, but what this does is it helps condition your brain that you can handle discomfort, that you can handle potential rejection or abandonment. And then when we start dating, you know, a lot of people ignore red flags or minimize abuse because deep down they they don't want to feel rejected. They don't want to feel abandoned. And when someone has been in a toxic relationship or in a narcissistic marriage for 30 years, their number one fear is, will someone, you know, leave me or will someone reject me or will I do this again? And so when you condition yourself to step out of your comfort zone way before you start dating again, then you have the training to do those hard but right choices in dating and dating is going to show you where you are still stuck it's going to show you everything about yourself that you still need to heal and it's an uncomfortable process um, especially if you have dysfunctional patterns in love but 
if you can condition yourself in your own life to claim your own identity and uh, not run to online dating right after you break up or whatever and, and step out of your comfort zone and condition this level of confidence, uh, then, then dating and making healthy choices becomes uh, a little easier. Absolutely. And then the added, um, the addition that I would add to you is that whenever you step outside of your comfort zone, you take yourself on the day, you begin to in, feel you're overcome, you are overcoming the situation, but then you're also changing your trajectory because you're scrubbing away those old paradigm shifts and you're in, entering new ones. So I always encourage some of my clients is do your own SWOT analysis on yourself personally. So you can know what your strengths are. You can know what your weaknesses are. What are some of the opportunities? What are new things that are being presented into your life because you're no longer living in the negative, but you're living in the positive? And then what are some threats? Those threats are triggers that could take you back to where you were. And so just think about, oh, sorry, I hear a bit of echo on your end. Sorry. So it could take you back to where you were and you don't want to go back to that old mindset. So you have to continually to do something that is out. Oh, hold on. So um, once you begin to do all those tips that Bethany uh, mentioned, then you could really see yourself going at a level where you obviously want to be because you are doing something that is outside of the comfort zone, but you're also learning more about yourself when you are by yourself because you're not having, you know, negative voices and negative forces that are conditioning you to go back to those limiting beliefs, to feel small-minded, to feel as if you don't matter, or to feel as if you're just a lost cause. So definitely think about that. And as we wind down, I'm going to... Um, want as we wind down I really want you to just kind of sit in this but be intentional as you listen to it and write down some of the things that come up into your head because then you're getting those thoughts out of your head onto paper and you could use that as a tool to reflect on what you wrote down why you wrote it down and what are some of the emotions tied to it so Bethany I want you to leave our listeners and viewers with your call to action for this segment of course. So I will first say that um, uh, it's never too late to uh, take your life back. It's never too late to find love, no matter how uh, old you are and how much uh, you know heartbreak you have in your rearview mirror and how much disappointment. Um, and if you want to learn about uh, the, the five shifts or the five steps uh, that I take my clients through in our journey together of breaking a lifelong pattern of unavailable or even emotionally abusive men. You can watch my masterclass. It's free. It's on my website at bethanydotson.com. Um, it's the five, uh, the it's, it's called break the cycle, the five shifts that strong, successful women use to break a lifelong pattern of, uh, disappointing painful relationships and ultimately attract the love that they want. So that would be where I would direct people to if they want to learn more about how to end that pattern in their life. 
And for those interested in connecting with you further, what is your website and where do you primarily hang out on social media? Yeah, so um, my website is bethanydotson.com. And then I usually, my primary social media home is Facebook. So you can find me just by typing in um, Bethany Dotson. You can find my business page there. I also have a free community on Facebook called Attract Conscious Love. So you can type that in the search bar and uh, request to join if you'd like to get more uh, trainings, more videos, uh, more content on breaking your pattern and ultimately finding love. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. All of Bethany's information will be in the show notes. So we talked about the five myths to overcoming narcissistic abuse. And then once you overcome it, you will live the life that you love and love the life that you live. So until we chat next time, don't forget to subscribe and share this segment. We are on 40 plus platforms. Follow us on YouTube at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp for all things video content. And if you're interested in continuing the mission of this podcast, we are accepting monetary donations as well as you could become a brand sponsor to have your products and services heard right here on Gems Podcast, where we are ranked in the top 3% globally per www.listennotes.com. And until next time, ciao. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.